0: thank you everyone for coming on shri krishna jan master lord krishna speaking to arjuna in the bhagavad gita explains yad yad hi dharma glanir Bhavati glanirbhavati bharata abhyutanam dharmasya tad madam shri jam yaham paritrnaya sadunam vinasya cikdustakam dharmasamstapanapaya Sambhavani Yuge Yuge, Janma Karma Chame Divyam, Eva Yogititakvata, Twatva De Hampanar Janma, Niti Mam Iti, Sorjuna. Three verses from the fourth chapter explaining the advent of the Supreme Lord within the material realm. First of all, the circumstances that bring about that advent. Yadai Dharmasyai bhavati-bharata that when things go amok within material existence Krishna will come himself to straighten everything out yada yada dharma shata to uphold dharma but not in the sense that we may think of dharma within material existence to to simply uh, establish uh, good conduct it goes deeper than that Krishna's personal advent Um, to to, to basically give an opportunity through his personal manifestation to humanity to understand his divine nature so he has his dharma, his own dharma. And it's, it's not just like we would think in the world of man, religiosity. Uh, conduct yourself nicely and you'll, you'll not suffer so much or you'll gain elevation to a heavenly atmosphere. So he has his divine Dharma. Paritanaya Sadhu Nan. Primary, primary sadhus. The Lord is adventing for the benefit of the sadhus. Uh, and to correct the miscreant element within human society that has no inclination towards not what to speak of spirituality, no inclination towards religiosity, just simply being uh, a decent human being that uh, abides by simple principles of cleanliness, uh, mercy, austerity. So there needs to be Dharma for all classes of men, but particular for the sadhu there's a higher dharma this paro dharma, and krishna's primarily coming for that purpose as far as rectification of of the ills in human society well we can see that's easily carried out by material nature herself uh, she can easily uh, uh correct uh correct the ills of humanity Uh, the Lord doesn't really need to take time out of his busy schedule to do that but he does have a purpose and Krishna goes on speaking to Arjuna that if you can understand the, the, the underlying reason for my advent, that understanding in and of itself, who understands the transcendental nature, Divya, not just for purposes of Dharma. If one can really understand who I am and what my nature is, and the fact that really I don't take birth like those in human society or any society within material existence uh, that uh, i have a divine manifestation if you can understand that that understanding in and of itself is powerful enough to relieve you of the miseries of material existence it seems too good to be true really this last statement by krishna Janma karma divyam evam yo naitimam iti if you understand the nature of my appearance and my activities if you understand what is the underlying esoteric principle for my appearing in human society and how it relates to my Transcendental nature, that understanding in and of itself is enough for, well, I'll liberate you. We know there's a lot, things that are a lot more pleasurable than just being relieved of misery. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And we're going to do it by entering into a discourse. From the uh, Gopal Champu, presented by Srila Jiva Goswami, I need you to kind of, this is very esoteric information here, if you don't understand all the terminology, it doesn't matter, the pastimes are glorious in and of themselves, and the deeper understanding may not immediately become apparent. Uh, but it's very esoteric. And if you would please, we'll think back to my old hippie years. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a famous musician then. Actually, he was part of a a group of musicians who were the most famous, the Beatles, John Lennon. And he, uh, he penned a uh, song called Imagine. You can say I'm a dreamer. So I need you all to enter into a dream that's actually the reality. Because from our perspective, from a spiritual perspective, this existence is the dream. There is a real existence. And that real existence is, is there. And I want you to enter into that. I want you to get past all that's going to be your sadhana bhakti all that's going to be your bhava-bhakti, and enter into prema-bhakti, and imagine you've already found a ragatmaka, and you've followed them perfecta. If you've followed somebody that serves Krishna perfectly, and you've attained to Krishna's transcendental atmosphere, and you've entered into his lila. The Lord has two leelas which are eternal. One is when he manifests within the material realm. That's called, called prakat. It's manifest. We can see it before us. He takes birth, apparently like we take birth, and he grows up, and he has his friends, and he he, he has his girlfriends in particular, and then he runs off to uh, to be a, to be a young prince and he has his own city and it's a whole it's a whole manifestation in the world but there's also apricot lila which is manifest in not in the material plane for our benefit but it's his transcendental playground so we're going to enter into that and i want you to imagine that you're there it is the reality of our spiritual existence so in this transcendental realm imagine yourself one day being summoned to an assembly in the assembly house of Nanda Maharaj you've all gotten up you've had your breakfast and word gets around the village this is a very amazing village it's huge. thousands upon thousands of people you've had been invited to the biggest pandal that you can imagine uh, biggest gathering of sadhus because everyone there is a sadhu and you're witness in this assembly to the following Nanda Maharaj has invited everyone there he's sitting there on a raised area either side of him is his brothers there's five of them so And, let's see, where's Krishna? Krishna's to his right, and the Brahmanas are to his left. There's a huge gathering of people. There's a raised area in the middle of the whole gathering. On this raised area, two tellers of tales are standing, young boys, and they they invite the assembly to hear them. Nanda Maharaj, she addresses them first. First they address the king, Nanda, and he, he, they say, uh, what you've invited us here, what story would you like to hear? And Nanda says, well, I'm sure you're competent to, to choose an appropriate story. And there's two of them. Their names are Madhukanta and Snigdakanta. So they say, okay, who would you like to relay the story and Nandamara says the older of the two of you should speak first. He should speak today and tomorrow the other can speak. So that's Madhukanta. He begins, well we have to mention some little speciality of this because we have a name stake in our assembly here. and the assistance of Madhukanta kanta and snigdakanta is uh, ratnachuda and sumati so they're also standing there and understand this is not just a narration by a bard a speaker of histories but they add sound effects and they you know it's it's a it's a bit of a performance so first Kanta begins by giving a lineage history of the family of Nanda Maharaj. So he says, there was Devamida, who was a, a, a member of the Yadu dynasty, and he lived in Mathura. He had two wives and from the... he had one wife who was a Kshatriya who was uh, an administrator in human society Uh, and from her he bore a son named Sura and he had a second wife who was from the Vaisha community, the farming community and uh, his second wife bore him a son named Prajanya and Prajanya ended up living in Mahavad. And Ugrasena, who's like the head of the, the whole dynasty, he noticed the great qualities that Prajanya had. He basically gave him the whole land of Galoka because he had such great qualities. So Prajanya had five sons by his wife, and those five sons were Upananda, Abhinanda, Nanda, Sunanda, and Nandana. The real gem of those five sons was the middle son, Nanda. And the comparison can be made here that just as when you look to great qualities, Aishvarya, Virya, Yashya, Shri, Jhana and Vairagya wealth, strength fame, beauty knowledge and renunciation in the center the center portion of those five great qualities yasha and shri fame and wealth so just like when we look at these five qualities we see this we also see that Nanda is the the centerpiece of these five brothers. Now, of course, under normal circumstance in a kingdom, the older son inherits inherits the position of the father. So, Pajanya naturally gave Galoka all its forests and everything, to his older son, who was Upananda. And Upananda accepted it, but he didn't keep it. He immediately said, really, of all of us five brothers, Nanda is the one that should be the king of Kula, Loka. So with Tilak, he actually anointed him the king of Rindavan. And this was confirmed actually even from sounds from like the sky. Very good, very good. This is a good decision. And, <laughs> and Upananda said, But I'll be his minister, I'll be his right hand man. At this point. Madhukanta said in speaking of Nanda Maharaj and his taking the, the reins so to speak becoming the king of Braj of he said people of meager qualities desire happiness and worship of themselves he who with abundant qualities desires to worship others and desires their happiness is Nanda Maharaj since he endured suffering of separation from his son in order to please Vasudeva. So we need to see what's happening here. It's interesting. What we have is we have the residents of Raj who have a continual leela in the spiritual realm, but they don't get to observe the human-like Leela of Krishna so they don't see Krishna growing up they don't see Krishna going off to Mathura they don't see Krishna becoming the head of the Yadu dynasty and taking on 16,108 wives each of which he gave 10 sons to they don't see any of this so not experiencing Krishna's birth, hearing of this birth by these young boys, is quite amazing to them. Although the boys seem to be talking about them. Nanda's sitting there and he's hearing this, and you're speaking of me, but I've always been the king of Raj. He has no knowledge of the time when he became the king, but now he's being enlightened to his position as the king of for Oh, this is what happened. You gave this to me? Their whole, their whole existence, you have to understand, is simply complete immersion in loving exchange with the Supreme Lord in daily activities. And they just get up the next day and they do it all over again the eightfold daily pastimes of the supreme lord are, are repeated but they have no direct knowledge or experience of as a regular course uh, in their consciousness these kind of activities the birth of krishna it's not part of their their consciousness their consciousness is elsewhere it's completely absorbed in just looking at Krishna, and being at Krishna, and seeing him going off to tend to the cows in the morning, to, to bathing him in the evening, to that's their whole existence. So sitting in this assembly and hearing this is quite an amazing thing for the audience. So, Nanda Maharaj has, he's the king of Vrindavan. And anybody would think, considering the situation, that we'd be quite content and happy. So, Madhukanta continues. But there arose in Nanda Maharaj a longing. He did not have a son and he wished he had a son. So, Snigdakanta says, he chimes in during this part of the narration well, perform a sacrifice. Why didn't his brothers perform a sacrifice to get him a son? And Madhukanta continues, well, the sun that Nanda Maharaj desired could not be had by karma. So what sacrifice can you perform? These are simple village people. Although they're fully in transcendence, they see activities like sacrifices just like anybody else in the world would see them. So he reveals he 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 reveals his mind to his wife. I want to tr- I want Narayan as my son. I want the supreme Lord Himself as my son. That's what I want, and she says, "Oh, how interesting! That's my desire too." He says, "So I'm not really interested in in having a sacrifice, like a karma big s- sacrifice to get a son because." Maybe, what if I get just the sun like anybody else I won't be satisfied so I need I need to do something to get the kind of sun I want which is the supreme himself and Yasoda again remember now we're in the Prakat leela. so this is just a play and the, and the Aprakat participants are sitting there observing the play so she says, I have an idea. Let's perform some, some bhakti, some spiritual activity to get the sun that we want. And uh, she recommends that they perform penance on Dwadasi until their desire is fulfilled the day after. So uh, details of exactly what they did is not provided here, but they perform some additional bhakti on Dwadasi to get the Supreme Lord as their son then something amazing happens Nanda Maharaj sitting in the audience it says when his inner mind of of previous times was thus revealed by Madhukanta Nanda's heart melted and he gave the young boy his own attractive ornaments and Yasoda gave him the central jewel of her necklace so it pays to become a good storyteller (laughs) in the assembly of Nanda Maharaj he gave this boy all of his ornaments and Yasoda, the topmost gem in her locket here, you know my heart I can't give you enough for revealing this to me after a year of bhakti after a year of performing bhakti to the supreme lord both Nanda and Yasoda had a dream and in that dream it was revealed because Narayan appeared to both of them the Supreme Lord appeared to both Yasoda and Nanda Maharaj that because of your desire your you will have a son, and your son will spread bhakti in every kalpa. And you will be a you will be able to observe this in your personal expansions of drona and dara. I arranged this through. Through my potency. Well, they become, of course, spiritually elated at that time. We're going to have Narayan as our son. This is, this is, and the inner meaning, it's a little vague to them, you can imagine. In every kalpa, I'm going to experience this. Now we know a Akalpa is a day of Brahma, and we're aware of the fact that the Lord himself personally comes every day of Brahma. So every day of Brahma, we have this expansion of Nanda Maharaj and Yasoda, who are situated in the, in the heavenly planets, In expanse, they've expanded themselves as Droda and Dara. They come to Vraj and they become Krishna's parents. A short time after this dream, two amazing personalities appear in Vraj an older lady. And, he, and, he's, and she's accompanied by a young boy and it's expressed there that since childhood this is Pornamasi since childhood I have performed austerities I can see the future I'm a mystic So imagine a lady appearing in our neighborhood and saying I've performed austerities my whole life and I've become a mystic and I can see the future. And this young boy here, Madhu Mangal he's a Brahmana boy and he has a nature equal to Narada's. We remain eternally at this age that you see us because of our special knowledge now we're starting to see the porous nature of the Prakat and the Aprakat leela. here's two residents appearing in the earthly pastimes in the community of Raj who never age a day they don't change now in the apricot lila, the non, the, in the spiritual realm where everybody's sitting in the in the assembly house, they're like, yeah, imagine they're hearing this. Is I can't remember ever getting a day older myself. <laughs> so all this 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 is a very interesting interesting way of presenting the deeper understandings of of the spirituality as one advances and is able to first meet Krishna in his prakat Leela and then enter eternity into the Aprakat Leela and and it's it's quite quite interesting and then just imagine sitting in the assembly and hearing about Krishna's birth, And they see Krishna, and they've seen him the same way forever. And now they're hearing, he was born. Well, that makes sense that he would have been born, but I just can't think of when that could have happened. I have no memory of it. So says at that time, when she first comes, she says, When Krishna, possessor of great powers, takes birth, the earth will no longer be considered generous. By his qualities, everything will be youthful. What is praised as having good qualities will be praised as having no material qualities in relation to Krishna. Possessing wealth will become possessing nothing except bhakti to Krishna. Though everything will become opposite, all people will accept this. Therefore, by your mercy, we are eager eager to reside here. So she showed up in Raj, and she's saying, Krishna's going to be here soon, and he's going to turn the world inside out, and we'd like to stay here with you. It will be quite an exhibition. So whatever you consider to be wealth, Will become of no value when you have Krishna, is what she's saying. And whatever, you know, whatever good qualities you have will be of no significance in comparison with the qualities that he's going to display in your lives. Meanwhile, far off in the distant land of Mathura, which is down the road a piece from Fraj. Uh, Vasudev, who's related to Nanda Maharaj. Remember that other son in the family. Well, he is from that side of the family. So Vasudev is from the from the leadership side of the family, the the kshatriyas. and. Actually, there's been an overthrow of the government there, and he's become incarcerated by the new man in charge, Kamsa. So he has two wives. Actually, I think he has more than that, doesn't he? Anyway, one of his wives is named Rohini, and uh, he he's she's now pregnant and he's worried for her welfare so being a close friend with Nanda Maharaj he sends her off to Vraj she's three months pregnant and she jumps on her horse it says Go Goswami says and, and she rides off to Vraj um soon after her arrival, you can imagine the the love that's exchanged between Yasoda and Rohini, and especially the motherly affection that rises up in Yasoda, because she's had a dream that she's going to have a child, and then here comes Rohini, a close relative, who's three months pregnant, and all of a sudden it's like, I... When, when's my, when am I going to get pregnant? When is my child going to come? So, this affection, this longing, this spiritual greed builds up in Mother Yasoda to be a child, to have a child. And at that time, she has another dream. And in this dream, she sees... A celestial maiden and a young child being transferred from the heart of her husband, from the heart of her husband, to her heart. And she realizes at that time that now she is becoming, she's pregnant doesn't quite understand the maiden part of it but she understands and what's happening behind the scenes in the transcendental way is the lord has entered her heart and a celestial maiden the lord's potency has entered her womb then there's a necessity due to celestial arrangement transcendental arrangement uh, and that necessity requires that what's the personality that's residing in Yasoda's heart be transferred uh, out of the heart and that personality is Krishna's older brother Balaram so Balaram Was actually born in the heart of Yasoda, and although and Rohini, Balaram is transferred to Rohini. Rohini's already pregnant, so you would say that um, the embryo there is replaced by Balaram, Rohini's embryo. After 14 months, Balaram takes birth. And actually, she gave birth to Yasoda's son. But she didn't know it, neither did Yasoda. Now the narrators of the story at the assembly house... Can imagine they're standing there starting to relate this and then an instruction they receive from their guru comes upon them Narda had told them if you ever go to Braj and perform your perform your bard work if you ever go there and start narrating stories be very careful you can't there's certain things you can't reveal to an audience there. So Madhu is thinking to himself, Narda has told us both about this with great bliss. If you two go to beautiful Vraj full of great frame and you speak, you should hide the great powers of Krishna. So now the task of narrating the what really happened becomes a little bit complex for them. We want to let them know that actually Narayan is born of Mother Yusoda but that will affect their love for Krishna. So we can't really really let it out. But we can let out what Garga said to Nanda Maharaj about their son being having all the great qualities of the Supreme Lord. The intensity of love in Vraj for Krishna is such that they don't recognize this young member of their community as God. Knowing that he was God would taint their loving pastimes with him. Imagine you're suckling your son and then you remember, well, he's actually God, he doesn't need milk. Imagine playing with a young friend and remembering, oh, he's God. I can't really climb on his back if I win the match. That would be disrespectful to him. What to speak of other loving affairs. If you knew there were someone, you know, this is actually God I'm playing with. Their love is so deep. Their spiritual emotion is so... Profound that they can't really look upon Krishna, who is the supreme Godhead, as God. So Madhukanta's job is a little bit now. He now he's starting to now he's starting to get into areas of the story that. He can't really come out with it. This is the supreme personality of Godhead, but I still want to tell you the whole story. So he's in a a delicate situation. I'll read now a uh, a little bit of a discourse. What he does then, what Madhukanta does, is he, he quotes Brahma from the Srimad Bhagavatam. He says, my mind becomes bewildered just trying to think of what reward other than you could be found anywhere. This is Brahma in his prayers to Krishna from the 14th chapter where actually Brahma Anyway, that's a long story, but (laughs) I don't think I'm allowed to talk that long tonight. Brahma's praying to Krishna after he kind of Got into a little jam over showing him showing off for the Lord. So, Brahma, this is this is the creator of the universe, is, is saying these prayers to God, who's in the form of a young child. He's saying, "My mind becomes bewildered. Just tried to think of what reward other than you could be found anywhere. You are the embodiment of all benedictions, which you bestow upon these residents of the Cowherd community of Vrindavan you have already arranged to give yourself to Putna and her family members in exchange for her disguising herself as a devotee. That's another long story. and I'm not going to be allowed to tell that one tonight. So what is left for you to give these devotees of Vrindavan, whose homes, wealth, friends, dear relations, bodies, children, and very lives and hearts are all dedicated only to you. It comes out later through Jiva Goswami's Sundarbas that this may be one of the verses that drew Sukadev. Sukadev was Jivan Mukta. He was completely contented himself, but didn't yet have knowledge of who the Supreme Lord was, and that his self contentment in comparison to the contentment that we have and it had in having a loving exchange with God were on two different levels altogether. One can be compared to the water in a hoof print of a calf, and the other could be compared to all the water and all the oceans. There's no real comparison there. So, moving on, we're going to go, we're going to go back to Mathura. And the Supreme Lord is manifesting himself as the son of Vasudev and Devaki. They had a vision of God too and they saw the Supreme Lord in his majestic form. Not as a son, but as the Supreme Lord with all weapons and, you know, in his majestic form as Vishnu ruling over creation, As I said, this would get very esoteric, but we have to understand that a devotee of the Lord sees and reciprocates with the Supreme Lord according to his desire. So from this we can see that the desire of Vasudeva Devaki is distinct. They're willing and and wanting to Always see the supreme Lord as the supreme Lord, even if He agrees to become their son. So they always hold this this awe and reverence in their relationship with the Lord, even though they also, like Nanda and Yasoda, prayed to have the Lord as their son. They wanted. They wanted. That relationship, to always—they didn't want to give up the awe and reverence of the relationship. Nanda and Yasoda—they just wanted a son who was like God, and that's what Gargas said. You're going to have a son like God. They want, but he—they wanted a transcendental son. They didn't want just a run-of-the-mill. <laughs> you know, they wanted So they wanted God, but they wanted everything that was God as far as the transcendence but it was a very unique desire on their part garga garga when we talk about garga we're talking about a great astrologer (laughs) comes around from village to village and you can go to him and you know ask him what's going on in my life and you know how's everybody in my life affecting me and you know, so he's he's a very knowledgeable. He's he's not only just an astrologer; he's a mystic. So he actually does have the ability to be able to tell you these things in reality. So he tells um, Nanda Maharaj at one point, uh, for many reasons, this beautiful son of yours sometimes appears previously as the son of Vasudev. Therefore, those who are learned sometimes call this child Vasudev. So he's giving Nanda Maharaj a little bit of a hint regarding his son without really spilling the beans, so to speak. We're coming to the core of the discussion right here. This is esoteric knowledge because one would like to understand in truth through revelation what actually happened here if Krishna, the Supreme Lord, is considered in Shastra, in the scripture, to be both the son of Vasudeva and Devaki and the son of Nanda Maharaj and Yasoda, how exactly was that pulled off in in reality so that we can accept both these apparent contradictions from different scriptures. So here we go. This is from Jiva Goswami's Gopal Champu. At that time, Krishna had already appeared with two arms within Yasoda along with Yogamaya. So within the womb of Yasoda, you have Krishna in her heart and Yogamaya in her womb. Yogamaya being the energy of Krishna, personified in a personality. That two-armed form came to Devaki and merged. Remember, she's seen in her dream that the Supreme Lord is in her womb. So, that two-armed form of Krishna, who is in the heart of, uh, of Yasoda, came to Devaki, left there, and came to Devaki, and merged with the forearm form into itself. So Krishna merged the Vishnu manifestation in Devaki with his very being, with himself. Yoga Maya remained in Yasoda's womb, and in a foremost Feature became Krishna's carrier. Just as a wind moves a blue lotus, that formless Yogamaya took Yasoda's son to Mathura while no one could see. So, Yogamaya simultaneously stayed in the womb of Yasoda and simultaneously carried Krishna through the airwaves transcendentally with her potency, to Mathura, and that Krishna absorbs his expansion Vasudev Krishna into his very self, and then he appears to take birth from Devaki. The formless Yogamaya took Yasoda's son to Mathura, while no one could see where he appeared and sub- subsumed the four-armed form. Yogamaya, by boldly taking Krishna to Mathura, made Yosoda completely bewildered. What do we remember from the past time? She fainted during f- childbirth. Who faints during childbirth? I don't know, I can't remember, but, you know, I think you're wide awake. But Yogamaya did her magic. Yosoda wakes up, well she doesn't wake up she's, she's there and, and beside her is the young female child Vasudev thinks his wife is giving birth to the Supreme Lord the Supreme Lord comes out with four arms fully decorated and Vasudev and Devaki is no no you can't do that Kamsa will come and kill you so they, have so they have enough familial affection for the Supreme Lord that they, they fear for his life. So it's an interesting thing. They, it, sometimes the emotion takes over. The, being their parent takes over the emotion of, oh my God, it's God. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting interesting play there. Vasudev becomes afraid for Krishna's well-being, scoops him up, Magically, the prison doors open and he's able to take his son all the way to Vrindavan. Taking Krishna all the way to Vrindavan, he exchanges Krishna, his son, who's actually the son of Yasoda to begin with, exchanges Krishna for the young daughter. And the rest of you know the story. They go back, he takes the daughter back to The prison house. All the locks remain in place. Kamsa hears the commotion. He hears from everybody. Oh, there's been a. Your sister has had given birth to a child. This may be the child that was prophesized that could kill you. Kamsa runs into the prison. He picks up the child, ready to dash it on the stones in the prison floor, and. The, the girl, who is, Krishna's potency, manifests her true form, as Yogamaya, flies out of his hands into the sky, and says, "It just says, no, you've been tricked." <laughs> At this point, and I'm just giving you a summary, of this, first, third chapter actually of the Gopal Champu. There's much more. Th- that happened in the narration. When the magical net of topics concerning Krishna described by Madhukanta and Snigdakanta were as if actually seen by the listeners. So you imagine, the whole audience is completely enthralled, and they're actually envisioning everything that these, these young boys are saying. They're seeing it in their mind's eye. They're envisioning Krishna's birth. And they're hearing all these intimate details of how everything transpired. When the magical net of the topics concerning Krishna, described by Madhu Kanta and Snigdha Kanta were as if actually seen by the listeners, how can the extent of their sattvic bhavs, such as tears being stunned and fainting, be described? They're hearing this. The audience is hearing this. They're becoming overwhelmed. Their tears are flowing from their eyes. They're they're getting goosebumps just hearing the story. They're fainting because this narration is of Krishna who's sitting there on cushions with his friends just playing, listening. Madhukanta spoke. He's at the end of his narration for the day tomorrow Sniggnikanta is going to talk, but he's at the end of his narration. He says, "O Nanda, your son gives extraordinary auspiciousness to the assembly of Raj and gives the greatest bliss to all the people of the universe. Krishna, hearing all his glories, he then took the permission to see the cows. Can we go see the cows? He asked for lunch that his mother had sent. And he asked the two young bards to spend the day with him. Thank you very much. Shri Krishna Ki Kijaya.